Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast Your Life The Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life The Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. On this episode, I am joined by the absolutely fantastic All Day Sucker. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So uh, tell me, what is it that uh, from you guys that we should be listening to right now? Uh, We have a new record coming in November called Feel Better. Yep. The new single, I'm Not Tired. And the second new single, Fathers of Daughters, are making the rounds right now. So stream, download, turn on your radio, right, get in the backseat of our car, and <laughs> we'll play it, on, it all for you. Get turned on, yes. What? I, so if you had to describe the new album using only one word, what would that word be? Expensive. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Hmm. Uh, I'm trying That's to think perfect. Of, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of uh, un- indescribable. Oh, there you go. Ah, take yes. that, Greg Howard Jr. <laughs> I have to scrub that question now. The whole yeah, no, my, it would be my whole motive has been defeated yeah see, we've we've taken that mobius strip and stripped it of its complete mobius it's now immobius no we you know it's it, that's it's a difficult idea it's like when somebody says who do you sound like i mean sure i can point out you know each component feature like i could say pop you know but then you know it always comes down to what the taste in your mouth is and whether or not you taste things the same that i do so, you know, I don't look at it as a dirty word. I look at it as palatable. You know, there you go. There's there's a word. Yeah. Palatable. The record is, is is the record's intention was, you know, as as everything is, you you talk about yourself, you write about yourself and your situations most of the time, and they find universality the more human they are, you know, no however you do it. And then, you know, they also hopefully act as some kind of salve or you know, some kind of motivation for anyone else to do it. You know, that's that's really what it comes down to is like, these schmucks can do it. I can certainly do it. And then <clears throat> they take out a mortgage on their house and they can go for it. 
so who who is an artist that if if they jumped into the zoom right now and said i need you guys to come on tour with me like right this minute who are we dropping everything for wait you want to do it at the same time let's just see ready one two three paul mccartney paul mccartney oh (laughs) yep oh there's a little uh, latency in that yeah jern's got a little latency in him too so that's good No, I think we would we would be happy to be on. I think ultimately the goal is when everybody, you know, it's difficult because so much so many so many people in our band, you know, of the guys that are in the band are all professionals. So we have lost each of them, including Jordan, to various, you know, to various gigs and tours right now. Our drummer's out with the band. Uh, Our bass player has been out with the band. Well, you know, has been out with the band. Our guitar player has been out on projects. Jordan goes out on projects. And then I stay at home <clears throat> with a dartboard and uh, just putting them all on my list, each of them taking precedence each day. And then I go no, and do a DJ it's game. Supposed to be a and pin, it's all it's better. A, it's a yeah. pin board. You put the pins in the board. Where I'm sorry. Are. I totally, I, that's right. No, no, it's a wish board. I just yeah. hold their places with daggers. Which board? <laughs> yes, that board. Yeah. Weird. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we'd be happy to be on one of those. I love those festival ideas because we know so many people and we've played with so many people that that's a great way to see everybody in one place. And it feels special. You know, we're so used to because of like coming up besides us all playing for years together and separately. We've done collectively the the Kibitz room as the Fockers at Cantor's for, you know, decades and we're used to doing three or four hours straight without stopping, without stopping even a song, you know, just doing a medley for that long. Uh, just and a lot of them are Paul McCartney songs. So yep. he would really if, if like you're that, hearing that, this, Paul, if you hear this, Brian or Rusty. Actually, it, yeah, Brian and Rusty from Paul's band came down to Kibbutz Room one day and we, you know, we did our little jam and there they are. It's Paul McCartney's band. And they're like, all right, have at it. And we just barreled through all so many different Beatles songs. And, and they're playing stuff that you're like, oh, that's what they play. Yeah, yeah you have it. It's a it's a good thing to be playing at a restaurant that also has its built-in following of people that come there to get food after hours while you're playing and go, hey, I didn't know you guys were here. And like, yeah, it's only been thirty some odd years, but come on. But yeah, no, because we're so used to the stamina of that to do like a festival gig where it's like half an hour or forty minutes is sort of standing on your head. You know, it's like, oh, is that it? Okay, well, I guess we'll have to trim our sit con- set considerably, you know. So, and we're not a jam band, so that's as many songs as fit in that time period, you know. It's not like a twelve-minute version of, you know, Franklin's Tower or something, you know. We're we're actually, you know, playing side one of, you know, uh, punch whatever, the whatever, whatever, or whatever, whatever, yeah. If uh, you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? It'd be nice to have one. That's that's sort of gone out the window. Yeah, I'd like to have one too. I'd like yeah. for artists to be paid. I like yeah. musicians to be paid or like make money and not have to. It would be nice know. of it to be an occupation again and not just a, a pastime. You know that there is an actual need uh, for it to be a vocation. You know, I, 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 you know, it's very difficult and because we're, you know, amongst musicians who have been doing it for a long time and amongst younger people in the same situation, they can only play it where it lays. So they really don't have an idea, you know, they don't have an idea of what the industry ever was other than seeing like, you know, if it even tracks Led Zeppelin on their private jet or their version of it is watching Almost Famous. And thinking that that was what it was. And to a degree, it really was. Um, I think there was more of a meritocracy, even when we were, you know, in the MySpace days of early social media, when people could put something up and all of a sudden, an artist that you likely never would have heard of because the, uh, the channels of the industry were very difficult to, to, to broach 
if you didn't have a machine behind you or you there wasn't a hype. And then MySpace all of a sudden turned it sort of into this large meritocracy again, where you heard it, where the 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 ears were there. They got I think to hear I still it. Have, I think <laughs> I still have my, my MySpace account. I well, must. we all do. I, I didn't delete yeah. it. It's sad there. It's like a tumbleweed in the distance, and Tom is just turning around for everyone. But yeah, yeah that's that's Tom the thing. is like eighty five now. He's probably like really old and like that. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's that's the hard part is that while it does seem with virality that anything could happen. And everything could explode and everyone's on TikTok. And by the way, we're on TikTok and everyone's on TikTok and everyone's on Instagram. The truth is it does feel very much like we've returned to that gatekeeper way that there's really only five people controlling everything and the algorithms being what they are. We're all kind of in the dark on how that can happen on like why one thing happens to explode. And then when you ask, usually people in the industry will go, that's not a fluke. You know, it's not a fluke that that one thing that happened, you're hearing about. You know, it's not a fluke that the Wednesday dance had a Lady Gaga track replace the cramps who really needed the break. You know, I don't know that Lady Gaga really needed the virality for something that she had nothing to do with. And I think the cramps really could have appreciated it. And the people that love the cramps probably felt very served when they realized that Tim Burton had actually chosen something that meant something to them. So it's like that, you know, it's like you're realizing I'm seeing a lot about the replacements lately. And then you realize that that's because they're taking out ads. They're giving money and people are sort of throwing them a bone. Which is kind <laughs> of why we're doing this podcast. Yes, exactly. Why am I hearing so, about all these suckers so much lately? Well, Yes. Well, Greg has been pushing <laughs> us on Thursdays for at least a week. I have I have taken on a mortgage on my house. I, you know what? <laughs> and it was a, and it, it was a lovely house. You know, if Tom Selleck can help you with a reverse mortgage, if you <laughs> yes, he has you all our album too. You have to keep the chimney in the uh, in the garden. <laughs> what's a uh, what's a venue you'd give anything to play? Oh. Well, we've already oh, given everything to play the Roxy and the Whiskey when we were kids, <laughs> if you remember Pay to Play. Um, you know, I, the, I think I think everybody loves to say like Red Rock. You know, I think that because of it, it just yeah, seems a cool place to play. List. To be frank, really, almost any of the places in England, I think that we, you know, we're obviously we're Beatle fans, as everyone is the blueprint, but we're also Anglophiles. You know, well, the great I, did, Glastonbury. I played Albert Hall last year. Yeah. So oh, that's wow. off my list. Yeah, yeah. it's really great. Cool. Raise your pinky I, when you say that. <laughs> um, so that was like, oh my god! You know, how, you about, how, about, uh, how about how about how about the the um, opera house and Sydney Opera House? But yeah, that came oh, yeah, I forgot Albert about Hall. that. No, it, I did. Those, those are two. But the, the Albert Hall was like, you go in and it just presents itself. It looks like a a jewelry box on the inside, and the history. How many and, holes? Um, well, they, they know, but they won't tell you. Oh, damn one it. More, <laughs> one more asshole once I walked into that building. Yes. And, uh, but I, I would say Hollywood Bowl because we're from LA and I've never played the yeah. Hollywood Bowl. Um, yeah, it seems like it would be awkward the, audio wise, but my, even forum. my mom played the Hollywood Bowl. So I'd love to, yeah, that would be fun to. Outside doesn't count, Morty. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, no. She played the parking lot. Yes. No, no. Yeah, full, full disclosure. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Crack. <laughs> Not smoking yeah, it, I, just just taking yeah. up our time making wisecracks during the entire process of songwriting. We are we are a personable bunch if you have not uh gleaned that so far. Uh half of the fun of playing you know, if songwriting with this knucklehead is that we also have a very similar uh, sense of humor. So, you know, while we are working on one level, there are subtext going on with many other things of humor, of jokes, of, you know, it's, it's playing in a band with like your best friend and being able to express things in that way. And because we've been playing together since high school, there's, 
you know, many years of that where it's, you know, the formalities have long been tossed away. So when you're playing with somebody, you know, you can say, and we, we've gotten into, you know, screaming arguments, but you can still say, yeah, that's shit. That's shit. You, you, you know, that's not you. That's beneath you. That's you're better than that. You know, and then they'll be like, but no, I'm not better than that. This is exactly as good as I am. And then you walk away and you come back and you go, yeah, that's a better line. I should have. I, I really should have said. I, I if, you, if I'm honest, I knew that. So what? So what is it? Do you think your worst habit is it just that because we're bullshitting so much and we don't? Yeah, get to but it? you know, I I wish. I we, don't know. I wouldn't want to do it that, any other way. We've never <laughs> just sat right. We've never just sat down and said today songwriting with our hats. Put your hat on for songwriting. You know, there's always a lot that goes into it. You know, other I, than, I know. I know what a bad habit is. If I think of something in my head and I don't record it right away. And I think I'm going to get it later. And I'm like, no, that's, I got that. And then I don't. It's like, oh, I hate that. That. I that happens it. to me especially, too, similarly. Yeah. Especially if I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. Go back to sleep. And then it's like scrambled eggs, you know, like yesterday. And you don't see it's Paul McCartney callback. Um, that's awful. Cause you think you're going to remember it, but you don't. It's like a dream. You know, you, oh, I had a dream. Well, what was it? Uh, it went like, ah, it's go and it's gone. That that I'd like to get on more. Well, I keep my phone right by my phone, and so it's always there, you know. And and I'm I'm constantly jotting things down or just voice to texting. The worst thing is when you're in the car and you voice a text without looking, and then you read it later and you can't figure out what it turned it into, and you're just like, but sometimes it's brilliant. But who the <laughs> hell used hast? H-A-S-T. I don't even know that the, the only person I know that use it is Rammstein. I don't know anybody else who has hast when I go, I, you know, it has to be blah, blah, blah. And I look at it and I'm like, H-A-S-T. It has? So we yeah, that's song the called one. I'm going to duck you like an am animal. And yes. <laughs> We're like, I, I didn't say animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, right. so it's, it, that I think is the biggest. And other than that, it might just be that we, you know, individually come up with too much. And so like, we're already, you know, the record is we're, we are now ostensibly pushing whatever you want to call it for you know, promoting the record or, or talking about the record. And there are already two records worth of material that we have, you know? So if you're out there and you need songs, we've been professional songwriters for a long, long time for a short, short song. And not a lot of money if you have a condo. Yeah, no. So, you know, that's that's probably the worst is going, oh, but, there, you know, you, there's never enough. You know, when when you're when you're fortunate uh, to to be able to be creatively inspired like that and have the ability to kind of get it out quickly, it, there will never be enough songs. It's like we, we write fortune cookies. That's what yes. We write fortune cookies, not standards. Wait, what is, isn't that a, is that a fallout boy song? No, that just seems like something it would be. <laughs> Leave Pent to the, or Wentz, what's his name? Went Pete, what's his, whatever. So how would you describe your music using only colors and shapes? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know that, that's my you, know that <laughs> you know that banana emoji, you know that eggplant emoji <laughs> that the kids are so fond of. Um, you know what? I would say I would say a rainbow swirl because that is an all day sucker. And answer. that encapsulates that encapsulates all variations of color. And it also is both insular and uh, you have to start on the outside. Nobody licks a lollipop from the middle. You Speak know, how many licks there. does it take? Speak how many yourself. licks? Yes, we've taken many licks. Let World me tell enough. you, Greg. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, that's probably the best is that swirl. Didn't know I pulled that answer. out, did you? <laughs> no, I'm going to jump on that answer. Ditto. And if you put it in your pocket, it gets a lint on it. <laughs> Do you uh, consider yourselves artists or entertainers? Both at different times. It depends. Are you Are you arted by what we're doing or entertained? Is someone art in here? Yes. I, <laughs> the capital. I, yeah. 
Well, I mean, you're artists when you're creating and you're channeling and doing those things because you're not doing it for anyone but yourself to make the thing. And if it it exists, that's really good enough because most people don't hear everything you do. But like, unlike some artists who do that and leave it alone, we sell it to you and we entertain. So both, and I we like both. I don't. I, I think it's two sides of a coin for um, for the best of both. If you're an artist and an entertainer, I think that's I'm, yeah. The, I mean, here, the peculiarity was that um, coming coming up when we, you know our early influences and everything else, <clears throat> we were very fortunate to have uh, as those that we looked up to people that were both creative and entertaining. And we didn't really realize that, you know, America is very, America really enjoys catharsis. They like to look like it's very painful for you to be on stage, giving up what you've created. However, if you're an entertainer, they're absolutely okay with you jumping up and down and playing around it. Where I think in England, they accept that Robbie Williams and people like that can sing a song like angel and then can sing, you know, whatever, uh, uh, strong or, you know, let me entertain you and jump it or Freddie Mercury. You never looked at Freddie Mercury and thought his entertaining got in the way of him being creative or artistic. Uh, America seems to have a, uh, have more of an issue with that. They, they, they almost don't believe you. In almost, I mean, and not to make it a political thing, but it's almost the same as politics. They almost don't believe you if you look like you're enjoying what you're doing. So you have to come up with a tremendous backstory of how hard it was for you to be there today. And that po-face kind of thing really sells it. And we never, that never really appealed to us. We grew up as the kids of kids of the Borscht Belt, of all these places where these were the people that created television and movies and and musicals and you know that had all the all the rainbow swirls of creativity and entertainment value so there was never a difference when we are writing we are as serious as anybody that has ever been writing because we have such an admiration for the standards and the classical music structure and classic pop and all of that and when we're entertaining, I can think of nothing more noble than trying to be as entertaining as possible for the person that came out for the show. To, it is a discipline. It is like that. a, it's a discipline and a honed skill you're entertaining. You can't like, uh, you know, what Morty was saying, You those people did that. And it wasn't like, you don't make any, it's not shameful when you're going out there, you know, if it's like you're in a pratfall or something, you're singing or you're doing a line, you're doing an act, whatever it is, that's like, you're, your job and you've got to do that over and over and over and over and over and so there's a there's a difference between i think where people are smiling and dancing and then you can feel the fakeness but if you can sell the fakeness and it, and you because you can't be able to be it all the time um that's that's tough that's tough to do over and over and over again so it's 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 a skill it's a discipline it's a talent so i think they're both yeah, if you're going to play, play, you know. If you're going to do gonna, it, yeah. yeah. Or be, you know, or be Bernie Taupin, which is great, too. There's nothing more rewarding. Uh, honestly, there's almost nothing more rewarding than having your song. <laughs> than staying covered. home and getting checks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> than just walking out on stage waving and people going like, oh, no, I didn't get tattoo of Elton's music on my arm. You know, I got, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, I, just as a vocalist, because I don't play anything on stage, just as a vocalist, my, kind of my job is to give it all, you know, which is why when songs are covered, it's incredibly rewarding because you're not being judged on your shoes or on, you know, on did you respond to a person in the row or, you know, did you have witty repartee between, you know, whatever your haircut, it, it's all on what you put out there. And it's that's also, something someone liked your song enough to, <clears throat> to entertain with it. Yeah. A compliment. 
yeah, now you fail at this. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, but that's the thing is when you're, you know, I, I've never not looked at us as songwriters. We also are a live band and we also are live performers and have played together for years since we were kids, but I've never not looked at us as songwriters. And sometimes, you know, there's a famous story when we were on a record label um, because we are so effusive on stage and sort of enjoying, enjoying being there. Our manager at the time got on the, in the elevator with one of the heads of the company and, uh, he turned to them and he goes, what do I got a fucking comedy act or a music act on the label? And I kind of went, wow, you're, you, you're upset because one of your bands had a lot of personality on stage, you know, like that. I would think that that would be a big sell point to the audience that was there, you know, it like was the, it was, it was a grungy time. So yeah, I mean, people are excited to watch get back, you know, the doc, the Beatles documentary, because and all they do is make fucking jokes. Yeah, all they the want is for run. them to talk. All, all they want is, is, is to see the behind the scenes. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. It's like, hey, did you see how Paul wrote that song? But also, hey, you remember that? They looked like they were enjoying themselves. Did you see how they were palling around? Did you see how they were talking and how they were enjoying the process? Well, that's something that's nice for the audience to see. It's nice for the audience to know that, you know, and, you know, then there's to a degree, there's people that go on stage and give the same rap every night, but there's something nice about seeing a band and feeling like you're, you are being entertained. You know, I don't know why that would be bad. I mean, if we're all hitting our marks because there's a flash pot and you don't want it to explode in your face and then you have to time it with the lights. Very important. We've already admitted that there's a choreography going on. So, but you, you know, do, you do want something intimate. So people think you're, that's happening at this show that one time that you're experiencing it so you never come back again that's what it is yeah so we go on stage and we usually play an entire set of uh the wallflowers sleepwalker yeah and then usually people are like i wasn't that i didn't really know first of all i didn't know you guys did that album and we said yes that was all us <laughs> and then that's what we do and then we and then we set off the the, the smoke pots that's what we, we smoke do. pot we well we, we, we set off yeah. smoke pots i can't smoke remember pot and so i <laughs> Yeah. Is is there a moment in your career that I uh, you're the most proud of? Right now, this this yes, Greg. Yeah, I was like, if, if we could talk to Greg Howard Jr., I think uh, we've reached the echelon of uh, of all entertainment value that exists. That is the correct uh, answer. Well done. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Correct. Now it's coming out on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, no, we we uh, I'm just running it every day on loop. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Just, just that just second. that one line. Just Highlights that. from the show. Yeah. So I you know, I think I mean we will probably have different answers to a degree. To me, it's any time that we've ever been, and I don't mean it to sound pathetic, anytime we've ever been accepted by other musicians that we respect, I think it's very difficult, especially being native. Angelinos and native to Hollywood, we've watched everybody come to town when we've watched bands come to town and then become incredibly successful um, that we've known and, you know, and, and other stuff and, you know, whatever. But it's when we're being treated like, and maybe more for me, because Jordan can be a sideman tomorrow if he chose to be, is when we're treated like artists. And we're not just treated like the guys that are hanging around. You know, we've been doing it longer or as long as most other artists that are out there, you know, and we still obviously have a reverence and a respect for, you know, for the for the discipline. So and that would be to me like anytime I'm with other musicians and they and I can sort of see like, oh, you respect me as, and I've also been a DJ now for decades. So a lot of the time when I get people that are sort of like, you're a DJ. And I go, you'd realize how many songs I've written. You, you, you how mean, much you music. I, DJ. Yeah. You go, how many, you realize how many, like the DJing thing I fell into and I become, I've been fortunate to have it be, a, you know, an occupation or a, you know, a job and to get a lot of cool stuff, but I, I'm not, you know, that's just, that's kind of like, my pizza delivery job, you know, I come home and I write songs all night that have nothing to do with DJing whatsoever. Or pizza. 
Yeah, exactly. Let fewer fewer to do with pizza. I wrote more songs about. But yeah, that's that's uh, that is probably it. Anytime there's been anytime I've been there and I and I and I go, wow, you actually look at me as a songwriter, and not just the goofy guy jumping up and down on stage or the DJ with his leg up, you know, DJing or whatever. That's when I realized like, oh, OK, that's that's and I and I, I think that would probably go for everyone, you know, that that talks to when they felt like they were the child in the room. And then once somebody actually listened to them. As, yeah, I think peer know. respect. I mean, because you could do yeah. shows and they're kind of ephemeral and they go away. But there's kind of a more of a where you play with the hero hero, which we've done a lot. And we've been fortunate to play with like people we respect. And you just and it's great. And then you have like this kind of. You 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 view the, the water rises and you're rising with it. I think that's because as a kid, that's really what you're excited about. Right. So that's always that little kid. And you're like. Oh my God, Paul McCartney asked me to go on tour. Or even just to play in this room. You know what I mean? Even just yeah. to like, hey, you over there, pick that thing up and join in and sing along. And you're like, me? And then you realize, what? Oh, Paul. And okay, Paul. I've been doing this for decades. You know, Paul. like, there's no, re yeah, exactly. I just say, come on, Paul. You know, you join us. And by the way, Paul, uh, if you ever want to come down to the kibitz room on a Tuesday, uh, your first drink is free. Yes. And he'll bring the vegan snacks. I will. I will. So if you could start your careers over from day one, would you do anything differently? Yes. Only everything. <laughs> everything. How do people say in life, oh, I wouldn't change a thing? Well, then how that's not what this is. Yes, I would absolutely change lots of fucking things. Well, there's I lots of missteps you make that you just don't know about. I think the, if I were to take anything over anything else, you know, in very simple terms would be uh, don't get too excited about everything because anything has the possibility to be something and something has the possibility to be nothing. And there was a lot of that let down emotionally um where you went oh this is it this is it and and it you know you know the barber sisters uncle knows somebody that works it and they love us and then that's enough to get you through another you know week of jumping up and down but then again that childlike exuberance because we were fortunate to be children at the time all of that absolutely still keeps us going you know that idea that maybe somebody out there who hasn't heard our stuff might be touched by it and it might, they might respond to it. It might appeal to them. They might identify and it might make their life better because I know what I put on whenever I'm in certain moods and I am as thankful and grateful that those people didn't take no for an answer or didn't, didn't turn around from the misstep. You know, and, you know, whenever it came at them, because had it happened, I might never have gotten quadrophenia or I might never have gotten skylarking or we might never have gotten blue, you know, or, or rumors. I mean, look at rumors. Talk about I, grace under pressure. I, I feel confident that I would have gotten all that and still made better choices if I could do it again. <laughs> Here <and laughs> well, there. definitely that haircut. That will that sometimes yeah. it's not a choice. Yes. So, yeah, that that's, you know, that's I think I think it's very difficult because it starts coming. Well, now you just killed Beethoven, you know, like if it hadn't been, we wouldn't be talking to Greg Howard Jr. And if it had been, you know, maybe you would be working for Variety and you wouldn't care to talk to us. So that see, see, it all works out. It all works out in its own way, Greg. So if if this interview turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, um, pick up pick up an instrument and start playing right now. That's that's the whole question. I have uh, a I have a small hard drive here, uh, so I um, just I don't know which end to blow in, but I but heavy. yeah. If we were not if we were not if there wasn't a latency, I think we would literally play you until you ran out of virtual tape good to yeah, know because we are because that's the way we are i mean we are like we said we're performers you it, mean what it, song would we play or what would we what do you mean yeah what would uh what would the first song on the set list be oh if this was a tiny desk 
Oh shit, Morty. I mean, if you're talking, if you're, yeah, if you're talking about, I mean, obviously everybody always does the well from the new album. We've got to play. We've got three or four songs that have been sort of classic us, which is great because at one point they weren't, and that's always like a really motivating thing to think at some point that song that everybody kind of comes to associate you with. You probably do the was as new as all of them. So. I wake up from a lack of sleep, starving. We're out. We're, there's a latency. Yeah, you know, but yeah, the new song. Doing. Yeah, the new song. Uh, uh, I'm not tired. A lot of people are. Um, it, it, we were actually surprised that so many people chose it as kind of the first single when we played it for them, because usually there's there's the consensus is a little bit, you know, more disparate, you know, and you're kind of and in a weird way, it's a compliment. And it's a criticism because they're sort of like, oh, yeah, that's the one. And you go, what's but what's wrong with the other ones? Right. And then the other thing about it is when there's actually a consensus of, yeah, I think that's the single. You kind of go, wow, OK, it's a good it's a good length. It, it appeals. You know, it feels, it, you know, it's kind of universal, but it also has some some buried stuff in there. And if you want to get in the weeds with it, you can say, well. It starts off right right away with the vocal and tiny desk. You know we don't want we got to get the good stuff in and the single in first before they log off, right? So there you go. I think they're there Boom. for the haul. NPR, reach out to us. You know Michelle Norris, if you retire, Greg Howard Jr. would love to take over for that uh, drive time spot. Absolutely, but, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's that- the the tiny desk thing is actually incredibly appealing. Because it's taking what we normally do. I think people are often shocked when they're like, I saw a band on Tiny Desk and they were just sitting around with instruments playing. And they go, yeah, just like a band, you know, just like musicians. It's the same thing when people were, you know, during mashups, when people were amazed that you could put an acapella over music. I was like, you know, we call that where we're come from the songs. <laughs> you know, I was like, you realize at some point, either music didn't have a melody on it or, you know, words melody didn't have accompanying music and then they put them together, you know, and so it's like, or you would have gotten We Will Rock You in Waltz time, you know, <laughs> or something like that. So, you know, it, it's it's the di- it's the um, uh, what is it called? It, it's the, the the smallest sort of uh, um, encapsulation of what we do. You know, it's just it's right there. It's like, hey, if you if you bring the goods, you're singing and that guy's harmonizing and that person's playing their instrument and that person's doing that. I mean, this is the best part. This is like sitting around the campfire, which is what I tell everybody when all they listen to is electronically produced music and not in a bad way. I'm saying is, but, you know, you can't go to a rave festival, you know, if there's no electricity. You know, like, what are you going to do? Sit around going, ah, 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 here comes a drop. You know, ah, you know, ah, crap. Conversely, I don't like to have to carry an acoustic pan around with me. So it is nice for electricity for me personally and my back and legs. So I'm, yeah, like but he can play it. He can play, I'm a, a hybrid. He can play a, a melodica because oh, there's nothing, that's a good there's point. nothing more macho. Than a dude yeah. grabbing a melodica and jumping up on stage and shooting into his hooter. Yeah, that's it. People, people tend to love that. Well, what, Donald ad- Fake. what advice do you have for the next generation of artists? Pay the older generations all your money um, and then uh, let them <laughs> teach you. And cover yeah, no, our songs yeah. so our children can eat. That's what it is. Yeah. Pay it back to the next generation. Uh, what would you say? Find. Recycle. Be yes. <laughs> reuse. Wear sunscreen. Yes. Uh, uh, do what is, do what is, not do what is in your heart, but write what you know. Write what you know. Don't chase anything. Don't you know, you can, you can, imitate. Be, you know, yeah. And then stop after a while. Don't spend your whole life trying to make songs like everyone. Do it for a while until you kind of get your own thing and then stop and do your own thing. Well, you're inspired. You know, be inspired. Never stop being inspired. Maybe that's something too. Never stop. Never stop. uh, Never stopping. No, don't. 
uh, always be inspired. Always allow yourself, you know, what do they say? Just stay open to suggestions, you know, stay, stay malleable, you know, and uh, remember that anybody, even people in authority, and this is not to say to be anti-authority, but even people in authority aren't always correct. You know, don't take criticism. Except as for given. us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Fine. Listen, listen to what I say. Just don't do what I do. <clears throat> yeah, that's that. I mean, that's what it is, because. And, and by the way, we both have kids. And so we know, I mean, my daughter really loves, you know, music, musical theater, all that stuff. And more than anything, I tell her uh, it will never be about fame, even if it is about fame, it will never be about fame. Fame is an ephemeral concept it only means being people being aware of you at that moment that's really what it means so what you want to do is you want when you put your head on the pillow at the end of the night to know that you did the best you could do you know not in a success way not in a i see a lucrative you know just did you do the best you could do today did you did you did you give what you could and then you can put your head on the pillow at night. And you know what? If you didn't, when you take your head off the pillow, you can try again. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that because tomorrow you might write, I'm not tired. You know, and yesterday, if you had just said, yeah, I'm sacking it in. You Is know, there money under the pillow? That's what I want to know. There's, a, the there's a lot of teeth. That's <laughs> what I'm a, trying yeah. to figure out. I think it's all because the other old people's teeth. Somehow they check my pillow. Yeah. I don't have the money, but I've got lots and lots. And when calcium becomes money, I'm going to be rich. What I'll do make you a want... calcium deposit. <laughs> what do you want people to uh, get from your music? Subscriptions to our our YouTube and our. <laughs> I want them. What do I want? I want them to get joy. I want them to to and i want them what do i get from music geez i don't know that's like you want a window into who we are at the time and you want them to i think like anybody you want them to feel less alone you know yeah, you always we want, want to keep people you company. to feel yeah yeah that's what it yeah. is we want we'd to like to be the company you keep and we'd like to have a company that you keep. We we want you to listen to our music during times that, that when you listen to it back, it reminds you of those times. But do it yeah. early because you never know what's going to happen. We want you yeah. to keep listening. Yeah. When times of trouble, Mother Morty will come to you. <laughs> and I will speak words of wisdom. And Julie you know, Andrews will come to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, that's, I, I think more than anything, I think our, like we said, the reason that we got into this or the reason that maybe we had the hubris to continue doing it was because we realized that all it was was just somebody either picking up an instrument or clapping their hands together and doing it. You know, it really, there wasn't, there's, there's no deep thing to songwriting. Yes, I don't think I could, you know, or I would love to write a Joni Mitchell song, but I can't because I'm not Joni Mitchell. And she already wrote it. Yeah, you know. So it's I'm just covering the songs and telling people they're mine <laughs> at a campfire, at a uh, at a decrepit rave that had the electricity blow on the fuse. Yeah, I I as you get older and you've done it, you just realize like that's just what this is. Like that's what this is. You chose a different word. You chose a different chord. You know. You you know. David played to please the Lord. Whatever. You, you know. And then. You're fortunate if somebody can find more in it than maybe even you knew. You know, when you hear somebody cover your song and you're like, well, that was a different inflection or, you know, or, or vibe that I got it. You know, we look at, you know, people do it all the time. Well, what's the greatest cover of all time? And I was thinking more than that, I'd love to have asked these artists what it was like. Ooh, what is the greatest cover of all time? I think the Beatles doing twist and shout is pretty high. That's I mean, even high. the Isleys didn't originally do Twist and Shout. That predates them. But, you know, I mean, I think Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. 
is pretty high up as somebody that, you know, even Dylan does his version, you know? So that's the thing is when you are, you know, if you are fortunate enough to have somebody who finds something in your music to do it. I mean, when Aretha Franklin covered the Beatles or Ray Charles covered the Beatles, I, I can't imagine anything more spectacular for the Beatles who had already kind of done a lot, you know, that's, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate uh, um, reward, I guess, you know, and as, as you get a little bit older, yes, you want to, you want to, you know, survive on this, you want to make money, but once you've made peace that that might not happen, you know, that the dream we grew up watching, and by the way, we were around when it was still happening. So it wasn't like we weren't seeing our friends buying mansions and cars and going on huge lavish tours and still are it's just that the bottom fell out of what that was and i hope i never uh lose the desire to want to create like that you know and that's why i love the idea of songwriting because then you're not you don't have to be the entertainer you know, and you could be respected for what you bring to the table. And I think sometimes as entertainers that gets glossed over. So and they yeah. outlive you. They're like, well, that's yeah, the there past. is that bit of immortality in it that, you know, that the ripples continue out, you know, only however many people, you know, you, your greatest show ever is still going to be 99% air, no matter where you play. You know, it doesn't matter, thousand, ten thousand, you know, great. But that's the 10,000 that were there. But that's 10,000 t-shirts. And that's a lot of money. <laughs> well, 8,000. Because well, we already ran out of size mediums. And so, two in the parking uh, lot. Pick, yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that I, that I think was a, an absolutely atrocious answer to your beautiful <laughs> question. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. You can get your hands on our music probably via the computer, I'm just going to say. But we, <laughs> yes. are, we are on everything. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on TikTok. We are on YouTube. We are... Yeah, we distro Kids. LPs. CD distro Baby. Kids and CD Baby and... Amazon and everywhere we have our link trees which you can climb and pick the yeah go to our, our go labor. to our social media go to go to our you know you can go to our TikTok which is newer and you can go to our Instagram page all day sucker uh, and then all day sucker.net and this is not our dot com not dot Very com different. that Very we cannot vouch we cannot <laughs> vouch for uh for what that will do to your eyes and Don't go to that also one. your yeah <laughs> And also your body image, um, but the the uh, this is our fourth album. So we've been doing this for a minute, and all the albums are available on all the different platforms and uh, Spotify and everything like that. And if but you feel enjoy, better, won't yeah. be out till uh, November. November, yeah. So, but we are going to be releasing. We have, I think one or two more. I'm singles, not tired. Right? Fathers of daughters. We have another one coming out. There's a video of uh, I'm not tired coming out next week. Then another single, and then the record comes out in November with its, uh, uh, and then. Oh, yeah, there's a lyric then, video. Somebody really nice wonderful. Somebody made a really wonderful lyric video for Fathers of Daughters. And that, to me, is one of, if not the most, uh, uh, the song that I'm most proud of on the album. Because it's just the direct, there's, you know, there is what it is in the lyrics, but it's a pretty direct idea to it on an album that has a lot of those. But, you know, this is. This is ostensibly the the breakup and loss album. You know, we, we went through a lot of stuff in between uh, the last album and this one. You know, the not to bring the room down at the end of the interview, but you know, there was a there was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, of loss and changes in perspective in doing in, in getting ready to do this album. So when those few songs on here that that feel hopeful and uplifting and are you know and cut through that in a loving way are presented uh i think they 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 act as that nice counterbalance to some of that you know to, to some of that and father's daughters one of them and since somebody sent in a beautiful lyric video that they made 
And so uh, if you guys check out TikTok, that's up right now. I mean, when you hear this, I'm not tired might be up also, which Jordan directed. But yeah, that that uh, right now, I I think it's just really beautiful, especially if you're a, a, a father of a parent, you know, a parent or or you have a relationship, whatever relationship you had with your parents, you know, like Howard Sr., yeah, it might seem. Yeah, it might seem. Uh, Howard Senior be like, "Aw, yeah." I always wanted a girl, and here's the song for it. And here's yeah. the song. I yeah, always no, wanted it's... a girl, but I couldn't name her Howard, so I had a boy. Yeah, How and Howard be thy name. Thy could have been either. Yeah, no, it's it's, but yeah, it's it's uh, it means something, you know. And, and and you know, and if you're out there, please cover this song. Do it better than me. I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. I'd love to hear this as a country song. You know, I'd love to hear all our stuff interpreted in different ways because I think there's stuff there on all the albums that are just gems waiting for somebody to cover them, you know, and also it really does uh, justify what we do as songwriters because, I mean, I've sung them a million times, you know, now you sing them. You know, now you guys play them. Add steel guitar or a banjo or a beat under it or something. They're there for you. Please. We we love when people cover our material. You cover it on social media. Just tag us. Tag us so we can enjoy it. Tag us so we can reshare and we can repost. Go to All Day Soccer. Anything you find on there, you have our blessing to cover. We we love hearing. Not that you even need it. No, but I we are now giving. This is express <laughs> consent. You know, here's express consent uh, from two Jews, which is from two Jews. That's actually a binding contract. So we are. That we yeah, can we renegotiate are, later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if you put it on the album, uh, we just want last looks at the album art, or else then you can't. No, that. But I think that's that. You know, as as we move on to whatever's next, you know, hopefully maybe another record musicals you know, creative songwriting for other people again. That's the best. That is, I, I can't think of a more rewarding thing than somebody interpreting it and adding their art to it. Well, thank you both so much for uh, being here today and taking time out of your day to talk to me. I have enjoyed this so much. I really appreciate that. Thank and, you. Uh, it was fun. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great honor of ours. When does the interview start? This is, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the pre-interview right because these are all yeah the absolutely yeah okay good because this all is right, all the all stuff right. that was on this on this mimeographed paper that jordan handed. let me get my microphone <laughs> yeah no we really appreciate it greg you know and uh to everybody else out there all you other musicians you know if they if, if greg comes a calling you definitely <laughs> you want to you want to bring your mixtape sensibilities to the program it's wonderful Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifemixtape.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rodwarton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>